I've met James through our vineyard family, uh, Vineyard Fano, and he's just an awesome guy, uh, has a great passion for the kingdom of God, and I'm very excited for the word that Holy Spirit's put on his heart today as we look at Rejoice, which is part of a prayer series that we're doing at the moment. We did pause last week, we're doing, James is doing Rejoice today, I'll do Ask next week, and then we're going to finish it off with Glenn France at the end of the month doing Yield, so for our prayer ignorant. So I'm just going to pray for James and hand it over. Father God, I, I just thank you for James and his, and his wife Tess and their kids. Um, Lord, I, I thank you for Capital Vineyard, Lord, and, and, and everything that they're doing there, God. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just um, bless him as he speaks today. Um, Lord, would he just be a vessel, an instrument of your grace for us in your precious name. Amen. Thanks, Nick. And yeah, thanks for having us here. It's a real, real honour, actually, to be invited. Real honour. Kua James Beatty, toko ingoa. Excuse my pronunciation. Uh, Noa England, me Scotland. Oku te puna. Kei te noho oke te awakarangi, which is lower hut. So yeah, my, my uh, ancestors came from England and Scotland, and uh, Tessa and I and our, our family, we live um, in Lower Hutt, so we've also got a mighty river going through, through where we're from, um, and like I say, it's just a real honour to be here with you in, in Manawatu, and uh, in sunny Palmerston North, right? <laughs> the tropical north. Um, I thought I'd just begin by, by telling you a little bit about, uh, about our family and where we're from because, you know, uh, for most of you, I'm a complete stranger. So um, uh, I'm married to uh, Tessa. She's had to uh, duck out with Eli because he was making a bit of a racket. Um, if I, sorry about my runny nose. It's actually, I don't have a cold. It's just this, a weird thing. I'll just give it a blow. Um, about me that um, years and years ago... Um, uh, it was actually on my birthday in Bangkok of all places, and some people prayed for me on my birthday. My, I was there with my dad. It's a long story. He, he um, didn't give me any birthday presents, and I felt pretty gutted. But anyway, some people prayed for me, and then, uh, and then the Holy Spirit um, ministered to me. It was at this, you know, this conference, and ministered to me by it. And, and then since then, I just, I just cry. <laughs> I'm like, Holy Spirit, can't you give me something else, you know? Uh, but I cry, and so that's what the runny nose is about. It's not a cold, okay, or anything else starting with C. Um, so anyway, so I'm Mary, Mary Tessa, she's, uh, she's fantastic, and uh, we've got two little kids, Elena, who's five, she just started school at the beginning of last week, and loves it, and Eli, he's, he's one, and he, what does he do, he's, he just um, started learning to walk at the beginning of last week, so uh, he loves putting everything in his mouth, it really frustrates me, he's just not discerning about what he puts in his mouth, and so I live, we live in uh, Lower Hutt, like I said, and I work at um, two places, I um, pastor a or I try to pastor a church, um, they're pretty, pretty naughty bunch, uh, Capital Vineyard Church, um, we meet at Thorn and Key, so actually they were finished by now, they start a bit earlier than you guys, you got it sorted out, eh, like starting at 11, and coffee afterwards, man, looking forward to that, um, and I also work part-time, I'm a scientist at Victoria University, so uh, study viruses and insects, uh, which, is, which is quite nice, so I have a break up there. This is such a wicked space, just really cool. Really cool to be here with you guys, and um, 
yeah, there was just something that stood out to me during, during the worship too, and it was like just the end of that song that we're singing at the end. And, it, you know, Korero mai ano, speak to us again. And I know like you're doing this series on prayer, and like at the heart of it, like prayer is, is conversation with God. Like, speak to us again, Lord, we long to hear your voice. And it's, you know, uh, and I sort of come, you know, with a, with a message, but my prayer is that, uh, you know, the words I say, they might mean nothing to you, but, you know, our prayer is that the Holy Spirit would, would speak to you. So, you know, I'll get, to get onto my notes. So, Lord, yeah, we, we just invite you. I know we've already prayed this, and um, I know that you're already moving in this place. So, Lord, would you, would you continue to move and to touch our hearts and to, to transform us to be more like, to, to be more like you? Um, bit by bit, God, uh, yeah, I pray for an encounter that we would go, to, go away this morning knowing that we've had like good coffee, good fellowship, but most of all that we've met with the living King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. <clears throat> yeah, and bless you, uh, Nick and Amy, too. Like, th- thanks for having us up, and you've already been so generous to us, so thank you. Yeah. Do people call you Pastor Nick here? Not so much, eh? Okay. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so... Psalm 13.5, I don't have this up on the screen yet, but I will have some things up on the screen in a second. Psalm 13.5, but I've trusted in your steadfast love, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Let the righteous one rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart exult. That's Psalm 64.10. Psalm 74, may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. Psalm 97, 12. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, and give thanks to his holy name. I think this is the one I've got up on the screen. Yeah, here it is. Oh, no, it's not. I did some editing last night. (laughs) Edited this one out. All right, so I'll just read what's in my notes. Psalm 104, 31. You're like, what is this guy doing here? Psalm 104, 31. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Psalm 111, 24. This is the day, I'm sure that some of you will know this. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, I did have it up there. Nice, nice. Good job, James. <laughs> the offering's going up. <laughs> Can you say that kind of thing? Too late now. And it's been recorded as well. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> if you scan through the Bible, you'll see this word rejoice all the way through it, eh? It pops up all the time. And Pete Gregg's book, I don't know, give me a wave if you've actually started reading it. Oh, Nick, awesome. Awesome, bro. How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, which includes me and, and Nick, and not the rest of you, but A Simple Guide for Normal People. He talks about using this acronym as, you know, as, a, way to, as a way to help help us pray. And like Nick sort of talked about it. P, pause. R, rejoice. A, ask. Y, yield. And so today we're turning our attention to R, Rejoice. So, like, question, just 
rhetorically, I don't want, you can yell it out if you want, actually, it's probably all right. But what comes, what comes to mind? What kind of activities or actions come to mind when you think of the word rejoice? It's a, it's a verb which, if you remember back to primary school, it's a, it's a doing word, an action word. What kind of things would you be doing if you are rejoicing? You might just think about that, because I've got another question. If you could rank, if you, I love scales, eh? If you could rank prayer on a scale, and 10, 10 is like the most exciting thing, the thing that you can't wait to do, the best thing ever, and one is the opposite, like boring, mundane, a bit of a job that you have to do, like where would you, like where would you place prayer? Would you be a 10, oh, prayer, I can't wait to get praying, and kicking my bottle over, I can't wait to get praying, or oh, one, oh, it's a bit of a job. Uh, or for me, oh, yeah, obviously I'm a 10. No, obviously I'm not a 10. If, like if I'm, if I'm honest with myself and in front of you, then I would tend towards, more towards the one. And so it takes, it takes me a bit of motivation to have prayer time and to carve out the time in the day to have, to have prayer and to sort of get in that zone. And so if you're, if you're like me and you're kind of in the t- tending towards one, maybe you're a one or a zero, oh, I'm like, no hope for you, but uh, if you're... If you're on that side of the scale, then, then actually it's such good news that rejoice, that there's this invitation to include rejoicing as, as a key part of our prayer. And if we can catch this, myself included, if we can catch this, then I reckon it can actually revolutionize our, our prayer life and we'll live, uh, we'll live lives of prayer in constant communion with the divine, in constant communion with our creator, the source of life, peace, hope, goodness joy, and more. I mean, like those are good things, and we want to be in communion with Him. So if you look it up, if you look up the definition of rejoice, it's to be very happy, to be, to be delighted, to exult, to feel great joy or delight. And the, I like it, the word rejoice comes from this old French word, uh, which I don't have up there, this old French word, rejoice which is similar to the phrase joie de vie, which I do have up on the screen. Joie de vie, you might have heard this phrase, like to have an exuberant enjoyment of life. And so the main sense of the word rejoice is to feel joy, is to feel joy, is to experience joy. And in itself, this is quite profound, eh? This is quite profound. Because I've grown up in church and I've heard the word rejoice a lot. I mean, I've grown up singing it, I rejoice in you, Lord, and using it, reading in the Bible. and like, even though this is the meaning of rejoice, to have great joy and to be bubbling up with joy, uh, when it comes to the God or the Bible or church, it's like rejoice takes on a different meaning. And it takes on, it becomes something like, uh, like, 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 praising, like praising the Lord. And like, you can praise and it can be rejoicing, but, but they're kind of different things. Or like rejoicing is, is, is something you, you do, but it's not necessarily coming up from here. Or thanking Him. Like, um, less to do with, my, my ideas were that rejoicing was less to do with actually experiencing his goodness or praising and thanking God out of the overflow of what I felt. And yet this is really what's in line with what the Bible says and the reality of who God is. It's a, uh, it's, this is in line with, with who Jesus is and the good news of Jesus. Good news, it's good news. And his, his kingdom that's inbreaking in our world. So I've got a few uh, stories from the Bible that I'll uh, like, like tap into this morning. The first one is uh, Mary. You might know the story of Mary. I'm talking about Jesus' mum. 
There's a few Marys, but this is, I'm talking about Jesus' mum. So out of the blue, this angel appears to her and told, told her that she's going to have a baby. And he said, this baby would be the most remarkable, incredible person in history. The angel told her that he will be great. He'll be, he'll be the son of the most high God. And that of his kingdom, there'll be no end. <clears throat> the angel told her to name the baby Jesus. So the Virgin Mary went to see her elderly cousin. I love this contrast. You've got old Elizabeth and you've got young Mary. Elizabeth's also pregnant. And so when, when the Virgin Mary went to see Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped for joy. That baby, you might know, he ends up being called John the Baptist. And he leaps for joy in the womb. And then it's like spontaneously, Mary breaks out in, in a song and she sings, sings this line. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he's looked upon the humble estate of his servant. It's just this, she's heard good news and it's like, oh my goodness, it's coming out, isn't it? Oh, I can't stop, I can't hold it in. So my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. But when we hear good news, when we hear real good news, we rejoice. And the ultimate good news for followers of Jesus, and for everybody actually, the ultimate good news is that Jesus has come. That Jesus is God, he reveals God to us. That he is God with us, that he's Emmanuel, God with us. He loves us, he died to save us. That Jesus died to rescue us from our sins and from death. That he's coming again one day and he's gonna make all things right. Like this good news that through Jesus, we can have eternal life, eternal life. And all of the good things that coming in, coming from being in connection in relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that's good news. And so she's filled with joy. Mary rejoices in the Lord. And, and if we can kind of like get hold of this, then that, that sort of rejoicing, it erupts from us as well. Okay, I'm gonna tap into another story. Yeah, this is uh, in the, uh, also in the Gospel of Luke, and it's chapter 10. I'm just going like, um, to tell you the story. So 72 of Jesus' followers went out on a, on a mission trip, 72 of them, and then they came back, and, and they were stoked. Like, you might know the story. They're, they're super happy because they've, they've been out on this missions trip, and they've uh, prayed for people that have, that have been demonized. They've been oppressed by demons. And they come back stoked because when they prayed and, and when they sort of deli- they, they announced the name of Jesus over these people, they were delivered. Jesus set them free. His name set them free. And so they come, they come back to Jesus and they go, oh, it's amazing. And then Jesus, he kind of he corrects them. And he says, he says, do not rejoice in this. Do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that our names are written in heaven. And at first glance, it's like, come on, Jesus, like they've done a good thing. Can't they rejoice in that? But he's like pointing to the bigger thing. He's like pointing at how our ultimate joy comes from the fact that in Jesus, we have guaranteed, guaranteed connection with heaven, with our Father who art in heaven. Our name's written in heaven. And this means that we have a place in heaven with the one who created us. And so, and then immediately in the next verse, in Luke, Luke 10, 21. I should actually write down the verses that I've got on the screen. Eh? <laughs> Pro tip for next time. Um, 
So immediately in the next verse, it says, in that same hour, he, that's Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. This kind of just stood out to me. Jesus rejoicing in the Holy Spirit. So you might have noticed at the beginning when I was racing through some of the verses from the Psalms at the beginning, how these, these two words often paired up, rejoice in. Rejoice in my salvation or rejoice in the Lord or different things like that. These two words often paired together. And so let's just think about this for a moment and, and maybe try to think about a time Time might be today, it might be in the last week or last month or the last, last year. Try to think about a time that you've rejoiced in something or someone. And so as I was, this might help you, help your thinking. Like as I was thinking about this, there's a couple of scenes that really, st- that really stand out to me. So Eli, you know, the noisy kid, uh, he's 13 months now. And he's such, a, he's, such a cool, he's such a cool boy. I really, really love him. And he's at this age, <laughs> you might, might remember it if your parents have older kids, but he's at this age where he thinks I'm cool too. <laughs> one day he'll discover that I'm not. But anyway, he, he thinks that I'm pretty great. And one of my favorite moments in the day is, is in the morning. And he wakes us up pretty early, which is not great. But then, um, you know, like six o'clock, I'll go through and there he is in his cot, and he's like babbling and, and singing, and, he, and he's standing up in his cot, and he, and he sees me, and his face just breaks out in a smile, like, yes, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> he's just so happy to, to see us, and he can't talk, but he wants to tell me all about, I'm sure he wants to tell me all about these adventures he's been having in his cot, and he's so happy. And he's, he's especially happy when we get him out of his cot and we give him a cuddle. And it's just like, he's rejoicing in me. <laughs> and so when he rejoices in me like that and I hold him, then I rejoice in him too. Like, oh, you are, you are just the most beautiful son ever. And there's another, another scene that I think of that, that's kind of similar, and it's when I get home from work. And again, like, I'm not sure how long this is going to last, and so I treasure it. But I walk in the door, and then Eli, when he sees me, Again, like he cracks this massive big smile and he just, he, he's, he started walking, eh? So he, he kind of like stumbles, you know, he's at that stage where he's walking and he punches when he walks. <laughs> it's quite cool. Hopefully he comes back and you can see him. Anyway, he runs over uh, to have a cuddle. And again, like he's rejoicing in me. Yay, daddy's home. And he gives me a quick cuddle and then he runs off again. And Elena, my daughter, she's, she's five and yeah, she's a bit, you know, she's kind of, she used to be like that, let's just say. She used to be like that. And so I rejoice in them too. And so in this, uh, going back to that bit we looked at where Jesus rejoices in the Holy Spirit, I just wonder if it's a little bit like that. Like Jesus, filled with joy, overflowing with joy in what the Holy Spirit has been doing, like through his, you know, through the disciples, through his followers. He's going, yes, Holy Spirit, you're amazing. What the Holy Spirit's doing and who he is, like Holy Spirit, like, you know, the Holy Trinity, it's, it kind of mix, messes with your head quite a lot, eh? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you know, the three-in-one God, and, and yet Jesus is rejoicing in the Holy Spirit, he's rejoicing in who he is. And I wonder too, and I might be getting a bit off the script here, but I wonder too, like, he's, he's surrounded by the Holy Spirit, and so it's literally in the Holy Spirit that he rejoices. He rejoices in the Holy Spirit. That's something just to think about. So I haven't been here before, uh, Korimika Vineyard, man, like amazing, amazing church, and, and, um, and I thought I'd better, you know, it's, 
it's always good when you turn up to a place that you get a bit of, bit of in, intel. You go, what kind of ch- church is this? And, uh, and do a bit of cyber stalking. <laughs> and uh, don't have any photos. <laughs> that would have been useful. Uh, no, there probably is. I just didn't work hard enough. Um, I didn't do cyber stalking. I just listened to uh, Pastor Nick's uh, talks from the last couple of weeks. Really awesome, eh? Such good teaching. So if you haven't, if you missed like the last two weeks, then go back and listen to them. They're on Spotify and probably other other platforms. But there's something that you said last week, and it, and it just stood out to me. It was right at the start of your talk, eh? And you and you, and you talked about uh, you're talking about pausing to be with God, and you told the story of these uh, local tribesmen in in a country in Africa. I'm not sure where, and um, they were porters that had been hired to transport the gear of some missionaries. And he, and he told the story how they, how they had to wait for a day because the day before they had traveled too far, well, they traveled too quickly. And the porters said, uh, now our souls need to catch, we've got to wait for here for a day so our souls to catch up. And this, this really, when I was, you know, I was listening to it and it really resonates with me. And, uh, and I've been praying for you, you know, for your church before coming up. And I, and I feel like, you know, I've been praying and I go, Lord, what do you want me to like, like to sort of emphasize today? I'm trying to catch the heart of, of um, the Lord for you today. And, and I kind of felt, I just sort of felt to lean into this idea of, of uh, resting, of pausing to be with God. And so there's another story that, um, um, another story I want to get into. This is uh, coming from Luke, Luke 10, 38. So this is a story about another, another Mary, not Jesus' mother, another Mary. It's actually Martha's and Lazarus's sister. It comes only a few paragraphs, actually, after that last, uh, that last story we read about the, the 72 disciples. And it comes right before Jesus' teaching on prayer. So Luke 10, 38. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Mary, sorry, a woman named Martha welcomed them into her house, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listen to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. <laughs> Don't know why. I always kind of get emotional when I read this at the moment. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to come and help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Like you might be sort of familiar with the story. I, I certainly am familiar with the story, and it's never really, it's never really impacted me until now. But we have this scene, and it's like Mary just sort of just sitting there at Jesus' feet, just sitting there listening to him. All her attention, all her, her focus is on him. Her, her attention and her affection. She's, she's literally pausing in his presence. She's, she's rejoicing in him. She's discovering more about him. Whereas Martha, and oh man, I can relate to Martha an awful lot. Martha was just distracted, like she was mentally, physically distracted, like busy, busy sorting out all these kinds of things that need to be done, right? <laughs> you know? You know, like quite a few of you involved with the, with the setup of the church. Hey, there's so many things that have got to be done. So many things that have got to be done when you have people coming into your house. And she's doing all these things. And, and she's, getting, she's getting busy. She's getting anxious and troubled. 
And yet, and can you hear, I don't think Jesus is telling her off when he goes, Martha, Martha. I think it's like this, like this compassionate, like, Martha, Martha. Pause. Wait a minute. And like I said, I can relate to Martha way more than, than I care to admit. And even when it comes to prayer, like prayer, too often, all too often, it becomes like a job to do or, or something to tick off my spiritual list. If I had a spiritual list, then it would be on there, right? Look what I've done for you, Lord. <laughs> tick that box. And yet in this scene, you've got Mary, and she's like just simply sitting there listening, focused. And, and Jesus says that she's the one that's chosen the good portion. She's chosen, in this like moment, she's chosen a good portion, like this moment in time that will last forever. Like we're still talking about it 2,000 years later. And she obviously is in the presence of the living God right now, sitting at the feet of the King of Kings, sitting at the feet of the Lord of Lords, gazing on God's own son. It's all he asks us to do, <laughs> to sit at his feet, to fix our eyes on him. And you might be going, oh, but how? <laughs> how do you do that? Like, it's easy for Mary. Jesus was like right there in front of her. How do we do it? We can't see Jesus. <laughs> and that's a good question. How do we fix our eyes on Jesus and rejoice on him? How do we let, I love it how Jesus says, you're anxious and troubled about so many things. And, and it was almost like the solution for that. He's offering the solution is to sit at his feet. So how do we do that? How do we let our anxieties and troubles fade into the background? You know, the, the Apostle Paul, I don't know if you've read the book of Philippians, but you read that book and it's like, man, he's got the rejoicing bug. He's all over it, praising the Lord. And he gives us this teaching on rejoicing in the Lord. And I think it's remarkable because um, the story is that he, that he wrote this letter uh, to the Christians in the city of Philippi and he's writing it from prison. He's in prison and he writes this. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. He's writing it from the prison of all places. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Or another way to think about that is the Lord is near. Like, like the Lord is near. The Lord is imminent. He's just here. <laughs> the Lord is near, even in the prison. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Like, you know, you remember Mary, she's sitting at Jesus' feet in his presence, near to Jesus. Meanwhile, Martha's busy doing all this other stuff. Martha's the anxious one. Mary's the one at peace, I think. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Like, that sounds like all of a sudden it's gotten complicated. Prayer and supplication and thanksgiving and all that stuff but remember we're talking about like connection like a conversation with God pausing in his presence right sitting at his feet and the peace of God who needs more of the peace of God in their lives <laughs> yeah amen let it come Lord even now Lord I pray that with this if there's any uh, sort of anxiety people feeling anxiety or um, troubled feelings Lord let your peace of your presence come now God rest upon us Lord Jesus and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ 
And then he gives us like this absolute gold. Finally, brothers and sisters, we're all included in this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any, any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. I love it how it's like, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever is good. And so you kind of think, oh, I love coffee, eh? I can think about coffee. I'd really do. <laughs> whatever is good. Like you can let these things come to mind. Good experiences, uh, sort of, um, oh yeah, i get to this in a second. Pete Gregg in his book. I recommend it. I'm halfway through. It's great. I'm becoming a bit of a Pete Gregg fan, eh? He looks like a Bushman, but <laughs> it's only because I'm jealous that I have a beard like his. Anyway, he, Pete Gregg encourages us to invite and let rejoicing become part of our prayer into our, you know, our connection, our conversations with the Lord, to simply pause and, and to be with the Lord, to slow down and to sit at his feet, whatever that looks like. And, and to remember that God is with us, that he is near. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. And I love it how uh, like Jesus teaches his, his disciples to get into like a quiet place, like get into the, you've got to be careful when you use language like this, eh? but get into the closet. Um, anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> we, we call it cupboards around here, Jesus. So you go into the cupboard and you pray, and it's, I really love it because like God can hear you, hear you from the cupboard. That means he's, he's that near. He can hear your whispered thoughts. And in that place, wherever it is, to rejoice in him. Like, all this means is like to turning our, turning our thoughts and our emotions to all the good things we know of God. And this might include, this might include remembering and, relive, and reliving moments of joy in our day. It might, uh, it might be in our like maybe you can't remember anything for a wee while, so you think back a bit further in our month or maybe a, a year, and you try to like remember these moments and, and let them come to mind. In that, in that space, you might go, oh, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with your joy? Would you fill me with your, with your joy? And, and Holy Spirit, would you show me that you are near? Because you feel like you're so far away, but Lord, I want to know that you are near. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you reveal more of who God is? And like, it's just all that invitation to, to let his joy like rise up within us. How am I going for time? Okay, cool. Okay, I just want to, I've written down here, if time. So I'll tell you a little story and then, and then, and then we're done. So um, quite a few years ago, 14, 14 years ago, I worked for the, worked for the Bible, Bible Society and I was doing a research project for them into, into Bible engagement. And it was really ironic. So I'm doing this, pro this project, Bible engagement, it's just a fancy word for reading the Bible, basically. And during this time, my own Bible reading habits just fizzed, right? They just fizzled right out. The Bible became like this book, like this big, heavy, heavy book that was just too hard to read, hard, too hard to pick up. Not literally. I mean, obviously, I'm quite well built. And... Um, <laughs> this is size extra large, you know. Just got to have room for my uh, biceps and pecs. Yeah. 
I don't have any pecs. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> My son Eli, he's 13 months, he's got bigger pecs than me. <laughs> okay, anyway, don't, don't even picture that. Otherwise, that's, yeah, your joy's going to go down, eh? <laughs> You're going to be rejoicing when I'm finished. Anyway, so, like the Bible, it became too hard to read, and some of you might be like that. It's like, oh, Lord, I, you know, I know I should read it. I'm told, like, the pastor tells me I should read it. Someone, the youth leader tells me I should read it, but it's too hard. I, like, my expectations, I expected oh, every time I read it, I've got to feel something. I've got to experience something. Uh, and I, and I, I was just in this phase. I, I, just, I just didn't know how. I didn't know how to, how to get into it, and and, uh, and uh, you know, it was easier to watch cartoons on Thursday night. Um, that was probably the main thing. Um, but for me, uh, I was sort of like I was sort of like brought up, and I kept at it for years and years. I was brought up to I'd read the Bible and I'd pray. These things always went together. So if I didn't read the Bible and I didn't pray. Some of you might might be like that as well. These two two things go together. So in the season that I was in, when I wasn't reading the Bible, I wasn't praying. Actually, I think I did pray because I was still worship playing at church on Sunday. <laughs> uh, things you don't tell your own church, hey? Um, and so this went on for a wee while, like maybe a year. And then eventually I, I started a new job. And at my new job, I'd, um, I'd ride my bike to work. And uh, I don't know. Um, I'm not one for um, just that sort of the casual, relaxing bike ride. I like to race. <laughs> And I'm not very fast, but just anyone, hey, if there's someone in front of me that's on their bike, I like to get in front of them. Or if there's no one there, then I'd be racing against the clock or whatever it is. And also, um, I mean, Wellington's a busy city like Palmy, and, and I get a bit overconfident on my bike in terms of the traffic, like cars. And, uh, and so over the course of a few months, I had quite a few accidents involving cars, <laughs> getting hit by cars. <laughs> you know? Or in one case, it was quite funny, I, I hit a car. And yeah, it caused me more damage than that, but you know. Um, he was on my way. So uh, <clears throat> anyway, I, I began to think I'd be on my, on my, on my <laughs> race to work. And I thought, you know, like dying on my bike going to work, that'd be a stink way to go. <laughs> That's not how I want to die. Uh, you know, I'd rather go in a kind of a bit more um, exotic way, you know, go down in a blaze of glory and that kind of thing. And so I thought, you know, rather than die, I don't want to die on my way to work. And so I don't know why, but I thought, well, maybe I should pray. Maybe I should ask Jesus to protect me before I ride my bike to work. And so that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd put on my helmet and my, my, you know, full kit of Lycra, you know, keep your imaginations under control, uh, ladies. And, um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I will be close. Anyway, <laughs> shut this guy up. Uh, anyway, I'd have my full kit on and I'd just simply, I'd just sit on the edge of my bed and I'd pray, dear Lord Jesus, please keep me safe on my bike today. Amen. And then I don't know how long it took, but this amazing thing happened. Jesus began meeting me in that moment. In those like short prayers, simply sitting on the edge of my bread, uh, bread, bed. I wasn't following the P, the R, the A, the Y. I was just going, Lord Jesus, please keep me safe on my bike. And then sometimes I'd like, that Jesus began meeting me, and, and I'd had, I had this message Bible, and sometimes I'd like pick it up, and I'd, I'd start reading a psalm, and like I'd just simply read like maybe the first line, and, and I'd, be, I'd just be impacted by the Lord, just overwhelmed, like, like crying, like I was telling you before, like snot, the full noise. And 
It's incredible to me that the Holy Spirit was meeting with me and all I was doing was saying, Jesus, please protect me on my bike. And this went on for like months and maybe even a year. Every time I'd sit down to like pray and to, and to read, a, like a, all I could do was read a little bit of a psalm. I'd just be wrecked. I'd be, and I was being transformed in this process. It's still, like, I think, one of the most transformative times of my life. And all I was doing was praying for protection. And I just wanted to tell that story because sometimes I wonder if we can make prayer like all too big a job. Whereas prayer is not a job. Like we sang that song, Cordero, my, I know, to speak to us. And that's prayer. It's simply communion with the King. He loves us so much that sometimes it's simply like stopping, like just sitting on the edge of your bed or whatever it is, and like turning our attention towards Him, even just for a moment. That's all that's needed. Just making a little space for Him. And don't worry about doing it wrong. And don't worry about doing it right. Like Jesus, he says, don't do your praying in front of other people because it's not about other people. Jesus isn't judging you when, when you come wanting to meet with him. His invitation is always there. His arms are always open to just simply come to him, to embrace him, to be embraced by him, to let our worries and our troubles fade, gradually fade into the background as we sit at his feet like Mary and as we discover the fullness of life in him. Do you want to just stand? I've, uh, I've finished my notes, and um, one of the things I always like, like to do, and I think you guys probably do the same thing, is just go, oh, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying to me in this moment? Oh, Lord, we just come to you just like simple, simple people, Lord. And we long, like our hearts, like long, our hearts yearn uh, for something more, something more in this life. Sometimes we, we catch a glimpse of who you are, like knocking, on the, knocking on, a, on the door of our heart, or we hear someone talking about how you're there with your arms open, and Lord, I, I pray that even now, Holy Spirit, would you come, would you come and make yourself known to us? Would you reveal yourself to us today, Lord Jesus? Lord, some of us find our prayer, find conversations with you, like just hard work, God. And we, we're honest in that. We just come, Lord, like we, we want to be, be able to have those conversations and those connections with you, Lord, but we find it really, really blimmin' hard. Lord, would you come even now and like, even like drop little like thoughts or um, a touch of your Holy Spirit now that would like just fan that into flame in our, in our day-to-day, God. Come, Holy Spirit.